You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text, as this is a recording, and lines are now closed. A'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajeem, bismillahir rahmanir rahim, in the name of Allah, the most gracious, ever merciful, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu, may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. Welcome to another episode of The Breakfast Show, here on the Voice of Islam radio station, you're listening to myself, Samar Anjali Sahmed, and we will be with you, God willing, all the way up until 9 o'clock. So if you do have any questions, any remarks, any comments that you'd like to make, please feel free to do so. The number for you, as always, is... 0208-687-7878 and of course you can hit us up on our socials on Twitter and on Instagram at Voice of Islam UK um, so if you're familiar with The Breakfast Show here on The Voice of Islam radio station you'll know that we usually speak about either two segments or, or three main segments after we go through the roundup of the news uh, but today uh, we're going to be speaking um, about just one topic um, after, like I said, we, we go through the news and the weather. Um, and that will be in regards to, um, you, you probably would have guessed it, the solution to the unrest in Palestine and Israel, establishing fairness and true justice. And I know a lot of you will have uh, your own opinions and your own takes on this topic. Um, So do pick up the phone and give us a call. Remember, uh, like I say every week as well, uh, this is your radio station and we do love for you to get involved. So do pick up the phone, whether it's through our social media, uh, uh, talk to us uh, through that, or you can pick up the phone uh, and give us a call as well and make your voice be heard on radio. Uh, so that is the topic for today. Uh, we'll be speaking about it from about 7.30 uh, onwards all the way up until 9 o'clock. We do have some esteemed guests as well that we'll be, uh, be speaking through uh, with and getting their take on as well. Uh, but like I said, it would be interesting to, to hear your thoughts and opinions on this very interesting and important topic um, that we're seeing prevalent in the world today. Um uh, obviously, a very uh, serious topic that we're going to be going through, Jalees. Um, but uh, obviously, as we always do, uh, we do begin our show with the news as well, um, and uh, we start the news with the weather. So, uh, so yeah, what's the what's the weather looking like uh, today? <clears throat> yeah. So today, basically, we do see spells of. Uh, persistent rain in central areas spreading slowly northwards, drier with variable cloud in the north, but sunny spells and showers in the south, breezy conditions in the east. That's a highlight for today. And then moving on to tonight, we see persistent and heavy rain pushing into southern England tonight, variable cloud and clear spells elsewhere, but scattered showers for eastern Scotland and north east England, clear in the northwest. Moving on to a Wednesday, uh, we see a cloudy and a cool st- uh, start tomorrow with a light and patchy rain in eastern areas, sunnier skies in central and southern areas during the day, but overcast in the north, rain in the southwest late. Outlook for Thursday to Saturday, we see rain will push northeastwards through Scotland on Thursday with sunshine and showers further south perhaps heavy and thundery in the south and west, showers or longer spells of rain on Friday, mainly for coastal areas and heavy and thundery in the south. Heavy spells of rain may move further into eastern Scotland, similar conditions on Saturday, but winds 
strengthening so um, you know we see a lot of rain a lot of uh, uh, cloudy uh, cloud and a lot of a lot of rain again mm-hmm. very interesting and uh, um, I mean the, the weather has been uh, it, it, yeah but I mean we've seen rain over the last couple of days as well um, and it's just uh, every every day you you do kind of need to be be prepared that it might drizzle uh, if not rain properly as well so it's always good to have uh, uh, a waterproof uh, jacket, raincoat, or or even a brolly, um, handy as well. Um, the newspapers. So uh, more hostages released and storm Babbitt aftermath. Uh, the conflict in Gaza dominates the front pages, uh, as you would imagine. The Eye reports on the news that two elderly female hostages have been released from Hamas custody and says the US is thought to have advised Israel to delay launching its ground invasion of Gaza to allow more time for negotiations of, uh, uh, about the other people still being held. Mm-hmm. The Guardian says Gaza has been, and I quote, hit by one of the deadliest nights of Israeli bombing so far, uh, end quote. And that, according to the Hamas officials, at least 400 Palestinians were killed in uh, on Monday. It says, and I quote, entire residential blocks across the Strip have been leveled, end quote, including in areas where people had been told to seek refuge and carries a picture of a young woman holding her infant child in the aftermath of an airstrike. Um, France and other EU states have set up a clash, quote-unquote, with Britain and the US after calling for a ceasefire in Gaza, according to the Daily Telegraph. The paper quotes French Prime Minister Elizabeth Bourne calling for a humanitarian truce, quote-unquote, and says the EU's top diplomat, Joseph uh, Borrell, has argued that a halt to bombing would allow more time to negotiate with Hamas for the release of hostages. By contrast, it reports Prime Minister uh, um, Rishi Sunak has said it would be difficult, quote-unquote, to push for a ceasefire while Israel is still facing regular rocket attacks. While U.S. President Joe Biden has said all hostages need to be released before negotiations can begin. Mm-hmm. The Daily Mail reports on horrific, quote-unquote, video screened by Israel on Monday. That it says, proved the true barbarism of the Hamas terror attacks, quote-unquote. The paper says the images downloaded from the body cams and smartphones of the militants were too graphic to publish but were shown to journalists in Tel Aviv and that several viewers were brought to tears, quote-unquote. It adds that some accounts of the attack have been subject to loud denials around the world, quote-unquote, and quotes the Israeli government saying it released the footage to challenge the Holocaust deniers of 2023, quote-unquote. The Prime Minister has criticised the Metropolitan Police for not stopping people at pro-Palestine marches in London for from chanting for jihad, quote-unquote, according to the Daily Express. The paper says Mr Sunak has told police to tackle such behaviour head-on, quote-unquote, and dismissed claims that they did not have the powers needed to do so. The Times says Mr Sunak has declared that the chants are a threat to British democracy, quote-unquote, but also quotes Met Commissioner Sir Mark Rowley saying current legislations on extremism is insufficient and that his officers cannot enforce taste and decency, quote-unquote. 
The paper says the Prime Minister has appeared to accept that the law may need clarifying and that ministers, prosecutors and police are working on urgent plans to ensure that protesters who use extremist language at rallies are arrested, quote-unquote. Some of the families whose homes have been flooded by Storm Babette feel abandoned, quote-unquote, according to the Daily Mirror. The front page features a picture of a number of cars on a residential street submerged by water and a quote from a mum in South Yorkshire who says, nobody is helping us. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> a coroner has found that a, ca- a catalogue of 51 failures by a pub probation staff contributed to a man's murder of his partner and three children at a sleepover, according to the Metro. The paper says Damien Bendul killed Terry Harris, 35, her children Lacey, 11, and John Paul, 13, and Lacey's friend Connie Ghent, 11, at Mrs. Harris's home in September 2021. It says no safeguarding checks were carried out before Bendul was placed under curfew at the house, despite the fact he had a history of serious and violent, quote-unquote, offences. The Financial Times reports that U.S. energy giant Chevron has agreed to buy oil and gas producer Hess in a $53 billion deal. The paper says the move will give Chevron a foothold in Guyana, home to the biggest oil discovery of the past decade, quote-unquote, and that it shows the company is doubling down on its bet that uh, demand for fossil fuels will remain robust for decades to come, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. And the Daily Star says researchers have found mice surviving in ultra-thin air at the top of a volcano in Chile. The paper says that if the rodents can live in such an inhospitable environment, then they can live anywhere, quote-unquote, and asks whether dis- the discovery means that they could be mice on Mars, quote-unquote. Mm, interesting. Um, so as we can see, the conflict in Gaza continues to dominate the front pages, uh, as one could imagine. Um, the eye says uh, the release of two Israeli hostages by Hamas raises hope for a deal to secure the freedom of dozens of other people um, held captive. Uh, the Guardian uh, says diplomatic efforts are intensifying, citing reports from the Middle East that suggest as many as 50 people could be released imminently, quote-unquote. The Sun says hostages with dual citizenship uh, are said to have been earmarked for release, quote-unquote. According to the Daily Telegraph, Calls for a delay to Israel's uh, planned ground offensive in Gaza um, are now likely to increase. It quotes local media as saying the Israeli Prime Minister is holding off on the incursion, much to the frustration of his military chiefs. The paper also predicts a clash, quote-unquote, between the UK and US on one side and the European Union on the other. It says several EU leaders have signed a draft statement calling for a humanitarian pause, quote-unquote, in fighting, while British and American officials have refused to back calls for a ceasefire. 
Um, Prime Minister uh, Blas met police for not acting on a jihadi chance, quote-unquote, is the headline in the Daily Express. It praises Rishi Sunak for insisting the police uh, already have the powers to arrest people who incite violence. The Daily Mail says his comments put him at loggerheads, quote-unquote, with the Scotland Yard Commissioner, Sir Mark Rowley, who defended a decision by his officers uh, not to arrest demonstrators shouting jihad at a protest in London. In its uh, leader column, the Times says it was a clear uh, dereliction of duty, quote-unquote, and an operational failure. It suggests the police have turned a blind eye to anti-Semitic chanting, quote-unquote. But the eye quotes senior police officers as saying they are sick, quote-unquote, of the government pushing them to reach beyond the law, quote-unquote, to arrest protesters for political gain. Again, quoted from the, the, the page. The Sun reports that Coronation Street actress Dame Maureen Lipman, who is Jewish, has said she was offered security by ITV because of a rise in anti-Semitic attacks, expressing surprise at the offer. Miss Lipman is quoted saying, and I quote, This is where we are now. Um, Why will no one help us? Reads the headline in the Daily Mirror, echoing the pleas of uh, people caught up in what it calls the flooding hell quote-unquote, caused by Storm Babette. Uh, residents of the worst affected areas tell the paper they that they feel as if they've been abandoned. Um, and they say they were told after floods in 2007 that their homes would never be hit again, quote-unquote. The Financial Times reports or what it calls alarming figures uh, from the Office for National Statistics showing that tenants in London spend 35% of their income on rental costs. It describes it as a UK black spot, quote-unquote, because it's the only area with a rent-to-income ratio above 30%, which is considered unaffordable. And lastly, the Guardian highlights research which suggests the moon could be older than previously thought, by about 40 million years as well. Um, It says scientists examined crystals in lunar dust brought back from the Apollo 17 mission in 1972 and found the moon appeared to be 4.46 billion years old. Um, So that was uh, a roundup of uh, of the front pages uh, for the day. Uh, Jalees, we won't go into extra uh, articles from within the BBC and other uh, outlooks as well, uh, outlets uh, as well. But um, it, it, from from what we've read and from what we've uh, sort of touched on uh, when it comes to the front pages, is, is there anything in particular that that um, caught your attention? I mean, like you said, the the papers are dominated with the uh, current uh, conflict um, between uh, you know Israel and uh, Palestine, and um, you know it, it, uh, with with uh, all of this going on in the world, it, it you know there it, it is sort of a you know a wake up call for all of humanity that uh, you know the world is in 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 great need of uh, peace, and you know Islam. You know, being Muslims and being followers of the religion of Islam, and followers of the you know the greatest prophet to have ever walked the earth, Prophet Muhammad, may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. When 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 we study his life, when we study the Holy Quran, we see that in all um, cases, 
in all in all matters it always uh, gives answers to promote peace uh, fairness and 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 for justice to prevail so you know in, in this day and age when we see a lot of conflicts happening around the world and and in 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 every you know uh, century in every every era there's always you know there's some some conflict happening uh, here or there around the world so even now it's a wake up call knowing that the papers are dominated by the conflict that is happening uh, in our current times we we begin to know uh, you know we, it's it's a bit it's a like i said it's a, it's a wake up call for the entire world that uh, you know the world is in dire need of a uh, of of peace of of justice to prevail and islam um is is the answer you know islam when we study the teachings and of course we will go through all of those um you know verses of the holy quran and the life of the life and character of the holy prophet where the where we are taught about peace and always promoting peace um so you know this is something that stands out and i i do hope that you know others have also noticed and and the the need for peace um in the world is uh, is, is is needed and of course uh, i hope uh, and we pray as well that um uh, that you know uh, conflict does you know uh, you know um, that the conflict ends and you know peace and justice shall prevail yes uh, amen to that i mean it's 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 um ever prevalent isn't it in in this day and age and and always whenever like you mentioned as well any era that you go through you you will always want to try and attain this peace whether it three whether it be um through a means of uh, of of having peace and security in your mind mentally whether it be in uh, in your in your household um or your place of work wherever it might be any any kind of there's there's so many different spheres um uh, that we can talk about when it comes to inner peace and all of these other things as well and for for, for justice to to prevail but nowadays um it is such that globally we 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 find ourselves whenever we open up uh, the news um whether it's newspapers whether it's uh on through television or any other media outlet we are always grief stricken i i i think um from from what we see and there's always some kind of um problem i would call it uh, happening in one way or another um and that's why it's even more essential for us to to attain this this peace and what's what's strange jaleez is that um it's the the answer is fairly simple um i mean it's it's simple when we when we listen to his holiness um uh, the head of the uh, worldwide ahmadiyya muslim community and in which he he beautifully explains to us on uh, in a timely manner whether it's through the friday sermons and even in the last two friday sermons he's been speaking about this conflict and and he's been addressing um us and not just us but anyone who listens um and uh, to 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 give them an appeal uh, a, an appeal for prayers um relating to the conditions of the world and it's it just goes to show um how important it is for us to try and achieve this uh, this this equity this true justice and this peace and his holiness also he mentioned and and like you said as well we will be going through through this throughout the course of the show um but uh, he explains to us that it's not merely enough for one individual to to stand up 
um, against the the persecution or against the the problems which are, are arising or have already arisen. Rather, we collectively, uh, whether it's the Muslim Ummah or whether it's, I mean, the whole world, uh, essentially, right? Uh, we all need to stand together and, and be united at this front to to tackle this issue. And only then will we be able to see some kind of um, uh, um, the, like the problems being resolved, right? Um, if we if we do not stand together, then it's a very difficult feat uh, to be achieved, and that's why it's a, it's uh, more essential than ever before that we stand together against um, the the heinous crimes, against the persecution against anything which is a wrongdoing or an evil or, or, a, or a misconduct. And uh, this is exactly what uh, Islam teaches us. Um, we'll be going into our uh, our first main uh, topic, oh, well, our, our only main topic for the day uh, in just a short while. And obviously we have been addressing it even in this uh, section as this is uh, um, what's been dominating the front pages. Um, Jalees, the, the Prime Minister, uh, Rishi Sunak, has criticised the, the, the Metropolitan Police for not stopping people at uh, pro-Palestine marches in London for, for chanting out uh, jihad, uh, according to what the Daily Express has said um, and um, uh, I mean just I just wanted to uh, get your insight into this uh, for the benefit of our listeners as well I mean this this chant of, of jihad or people going out to the streets and shouting jihad or jihadi or whatever it might be and um, uh, in these rallies or in these um, uh, w- 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 whatever it might be right um, inciting violence and other such things. I just wanted to understand uh, what is the true concept uh, of jihad? What does this actually mean? Um, because we hear this term in uh, in the media outlet um, in a very negative way. I, I, I don't think I've ever um, read it or heard of it um, in the media for it to be something positive. Um, I mean, it's it's it, that's just how it is, and that's how they've labelled it. But when when studying Islam, I've always come across this term as a positive thing. So I'm just a little bit confused uh, as to why this is the case. Indeed, I mean, uh, when we look at um, the linguistic term of this, uh, you know, the the, the, what the language says about this word, the root word. Um, that that of of jihad. Um, it in 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 its essence, it means the to struggle. Now you know we we hear in the daily in our daily lives, you know the it's the daily struggle, right? Uh, in in Islam, jihad. The term jihad um, means uh, in a, a struggle to better oneself uh, in any means. So when when a person in his daily lives is working hard to provide for the family to be a good uh, uh, citizen for his country and he does um, you know he does all his good deeds in that way he is he is performing uh, he, uh, a a sort of jihad um which is you know in in, in which is the struggle of everyday life um, in bettering oneself now in islam we do see that you know um 
jihad is often uh, linked, uh, and this is a misconception uh, prominent amongst uh, many Muslims nowadays, that they often link jihad with um, fighting or uh, retaliating or, you know, uh, going uh, in, going into battle or, you know, just uh, fighting. Uh, but uh, we have to understand that even in the history of Islam, even the character of the Holy Prophet, may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and the various ahadith that we read, we see that jihad um, essentially uh, does uh, means that, uh, and well, you know, to explain it, I'll just give you a narration of the Holy Prophet where they were, once traveling back from a uh, defensive battle which they had uh, uh, which the muslims had fought and uh, again just a reminder you know the battles were you know granted to muslim as a form of a defense um you know from the people who were oppressing them uh, so wh- when the holy prophet and the companions were traveling back from a battle the holy prophet said that you know we are returning from a small jihad and we are going towards a bigger jihad. And in a sense, it means that the daily life of a Muslim, the daily life um, it con- it consists of every day bettering oneself. And, you know, the daily struggle that is there is often there to better ourselves. So when we look at the word jihad, it doesn't mean uh, to merely fight or to merely, you know, retaliate in, in some sort of uh, on some sort of sense, as uh, you know, the, you mentioned that the pages have, uh, have have often quoted this or or use this to mean a you know a a, a holy war or a a uh, you know a sort of uh, thing just to incite, uh, just to show maybe Islam or Muslims in a negative light. But that you know that is not the case. And even the founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, he is he has also said that. You know, jihad in the sense which uh, in 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 the Islam during the Holy Prophet's time, because at that time they were obviously facing persecution from the place they were st- uh, where they were staying. Uh, the pro- the promised Messiah, who the founder of the Ahmadi community, he has said that you know the the jihad of the of the sword, as you know people say it, that is you know uh, uh, the circumstances uh, you know are, are not there. That is not, that, that is not. Um, uh, uh, now uh, at this time, more um, he, he actually emphasized the the concept of jihad via the pen, that we should present our present the Islam Islamic teachings through our writings, uh, through discourse. Um, uh, because of course, uh, at this day and age, uh, you know, ver- various countries we we do get. Um, you know, if we look around the world, uh, often people do get rights, uh, religious rights, uh, where they can go about and worship and, uh, you know, go to the mosque freely. So the concept um, of uh, people chanting jihad or the need for jihad is something uh, that before, you know, before anyone does this or before any newspaper, you know, mentions uh, anything about jihad or in the in negative light, it's important to study the history of Islam, study the character of the Holy Prophet and the history of the Holy Prophet and where this, um, how how and where this has been, uh, this term has been used. And again, just to summarize, jihad is basically the daily struggle that Muslims go through, that uh, we that we all go through as human beings uh, when it comes to bettering ourselves and becoming a positive impact to society. Most certainly, most certainly. And it, I, I mean, uh, there's, a, a, for some uh, uh, p- uh, p- uh, people, uh, jihad might mean something. 
uh, and for another it might mean something else and and a, a perfect example of this is uh, in the time of the holy prophet muhammad may the peace and blessings of allah be upon him there was an individual who uh, didn't have uh, um, any siblings uh, he he was the only son um, or the only child for that matter and um, he didn't have a father as well um, the father had passed away and so he he only had a mother and he was obviously because he was the only uh, child he's the one who would be looking after her as well and uh, there there came a time when uh, the muslims had to fight a defensive war um and um people were uh, gathering and and getting to getting ready for it and this individual he also wanted to partake in this as well and he 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 thought of this uh, as uh, as a a a, hu- a huge uh, um blessing for him that uh, for him to be a part of uh, of that defensive war and so he went to the holy prophet muhammad may the peace and blessings of allah be upon him to to seek his permission to be included uh, in the army as well and the holy prophet muhammad may the peace and blessings of allah be upon him what a beautiful reply that he gave uh, and a response that he gave to him and he said that for you jihad is not that you go out uh, and fight this defensive war uh, alongside with the other muslims rather jihad for you or this struggle as you mentioned elise this struggle for you this jihad for you is to stay at home and look after your mother and so we can see from this uh, the holy prophet may the peace and blessings of allah be upon him um has explained to us what jihad truly is and so it's 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 strange that whenever we hear the term of jihad in the media outlets um or by those people who criticize islam for instance they 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 don't turn to the individual who who created um uh, obviously with the divine um uh, guidance uh who created the religion rather they just make their own definition of the word and label it as uh, as a negative thing i mean if someone has created um something right and they have explained to you what that is then why would you go to someone else for the definition of that thing it's mm. it's it's is mind boggling and it's uh, it's rather strange uh to say uh, the least as well um but uh, but obviously we have uh, done pieces on this in previous shows as well and so if anyone wishes to revisit them then of course by all means you can do so you can visit our website uh, and listen to all of our previous shows on uh, on on our soundcloud as well at www.voiceofislam.org.uk um but uh, but obviously uh we we've we we have been addressing this uh from the beginning of the show as well uh but now formally we will begin the discussion on uh, of uh, of this topic and that is of course of uh, the solution to unrest in Palestine and Israel establishing fairness and true justice and i think at least even before we start th- these are the are the key words um that we that we want to focus our attention on uh, establishing fairness and true justice i mean <laughs> true justice this is something which i i fail to remember uh of any world government or leader who who uh who um has attained true justice right or has even tried to to acquire true justice i mean when we talk about islam 
Islam or, or let's talk about any other faith first or, or even um, um, world governments or, or, or other leading uh, nations or people or whatever it might be. Justice for them is to, to retaliate uh, or respond in like manner, right? So if someone is good to you, in, 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 in response, you're good to them. If someone is negative to you, then in response, you're also negative to them. And this is the height of uh, justice when it comes to any judge, when it comes to any judiciary, when it comes to any world government or any other um, body uh, for that matter. But Islam, for Islam, this is the first step. Islam teaches us that when you're looking at justice, then this is this is the the very basic step that every individual should be doing. The second step is then the the doing of good. So if someone has been good to you, in retaliation, you're not equally as good to, towards them. Rather, you're even better in your response to them. And then lastly, true justice, and this is what Islam teaches us, and no other religion or body has, has even come close to this, True justice from what the Islamic lens is that you don't stop there, but it's like the giving of kindred, right? So what that what that essentially means is that the way a mother would nurture her child and and do anything and everything for her child uh, without receiving or without even having a a, a glimmer of of uh, of of uh, of hope uh, of in a sense that they, that will be responded in like manner. I mean, they would do anything for for their children, and they would never feel uh, or never hope that uh, oh, when this child grows up, then they they will help me or they will return the favor and and be equally as good to me. I mean, this is just the way a mother is, right? And Islam teaches us that this is the way that we should be with the whole of society. And now when we come back to this, this, this topic of today, establishing fairness and true justice, mm. and if we talk about what Islam or think about what Islam teaches us about what true justice really is, so it's not just, oh, if someone's good with you, then in response, you're good with them as well. Rather, the way a mother would do anything for a child, let's say, uh, you've you've had an argument with with your mother, uh, um, and uh, your mother's annoyed at you, or even uh, a bit displeased with you. You might even have uh, there might even be a bit of uh, bad taste uh, in the atmosphere in the household, right? But I mean, a few minutes go by, an hour goes by, a night goes by, and you're you're back to normal, right? I mean, the the mother's not going to say that uh, oh you've you've been like such and such, or I'm not going to give you dinner today, or I'm not going to. Uh, look after your needs or I'm not going to do this I'm not going to do that silently uh, behind the scenes uh, you might not even realize um, but um, I mean she's the one who's hurting even more right and she'll do anything to 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 patch that up uh, again and fix whatever uh, problem it was and this is the the way that we all need to be as well <clears throat> And I mentioned earlier as well uh, when I was just reiterating, uh, reiterating the words of our of our world leader, uh, Hazrat Mirza Masood Ahmed, um, the fifth caliph and current worldwide head of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. May Allah strengthen his hand and always be his helper. He mentioned that it's not enough 
for us as individuals to stand up against the problems that we see in the world today. Rather, collectively, as a unit and as a body, we need to address this issue and we need to uh, try to resolve this thing. It's not about uh, one individual going out to the streets or or, or writing or, or educating other people. Uh, obviously, that has its part to play. But together, the world needs to get together and try to face this problem together. And only then will we see a, 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 a true um, a positive response from this. Indeed, indeed. I mean, when we look at the teachings of Islam, in every step, whenever there is conflict, in every step, Islam, uh, uh, whatever steps we are told in the Holy Quran or in the character of the Holy Prophet, we see that the ultimate goal is of obviously of establishing um, true justice and upholding, you know, justice uh, throughout society and throughout the world. So, of course, um, you know, when we when we see, like I mentioned in the beginning of the uh, show, when we were going through the news. Um, uh, seeing that the uh, the papers are uh, dominated uh, are being dominated by these uh, by the the you know the unrest in Palestine and uh, Israel, we see that it's a wake up call of how much the world is in dire need of uh, the teachings of Islam and for people to recognize the 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 role that Islam can play and uh, in in upholding um uh, justice and fairness and uh, you know establishing true peace throughout the entire world mm. i mean in the beginning of just this uh, this discussion um we 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 said that uh, no person or body has has come to to understand what true justice really is and the reason for that is because everyone and his holiness mentions this on like a, a, again on a timely manner um whether it's through the peace symposiums that we have on an annual basis whether it's through his friday sermons whether it's through his addresses when he goes to world governments and uh, and, and parliaments and speaks to them and addresses them uh, he always mentions that we all of us we're always interested in in our own um, things right we 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 have our own vested interests and due to that there's uh, there's this disparity there's this problem that we see in the world today when uh, one country says that uh, um i'm just going to be looking after the the inhabitants of my own country of the country that i'm ruling or the country that i'm looking after um, and I don't care about uh, um, our 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 uh, um, our relationship with other countries or other people, uh, because all all my interests are in regards to um, the betterment of our own society or and for our own inhabitants of uh, of this country. Um, and likewise, um, other countries think and feel in the same manner as well. And because they all have their own vested interests that's why we are seeing such a problem in the world today if we were to act or if these world governments and leaders um uh, were to act in accordance with what islam teaches us then we would not see these problems we we, we wouldn't it wouldn't be about me myself and i 
or like for instance in this instance uh, my own country that that I reside in or that the world governments or leaders uh, reside in rather it would be about helping humanity and i think up until we understand the two fundamental duties that islam teaches us we won't be able to act uh, in accordance with this um and attain true justice and those two duties um i i we i always say that this that our regu- regular listeners will be well aware of this um because of its importance and, and and that's why we often repeat it here on the voice of islam radio station as well and that is of hukukullah the rights that we owe to allah the almighty by worshiping him and rendering thanks to him and hukukul ibad which is an umbrella term which uh, uh, addresses all the rights that we owe to god's creation whether it be mankind whether it be animals whether it be plants vegetation the atmosphere buildings anything and everything um comes under this umbrella term because in essence Allah the Almighty is the creator of all things. So anything that he has created which uh, like I said is absolutely everything comes under this term. And so it's essential for us to look after these things. And um like I said um up until we 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 think about me myself and I we will never be able to find this uh, this true justice and this peace in the society that all of us are in hope for. and yearning for as well indeed indeed i mean look at the example of the companions of the holy prophet may the peace and blessings of allah be upon him um when we read the history of the companions and their their character we are we see that you know s- such uh behavior uh you know if only it was found you know um in this day and age uh there is a narration in the history of islam that uh, once uh, after a uh, defensive battle you know there were a, a lot of companions who were injured and who obviously after uh, they they re- required some uh, water so you know someone would come and give them a, uh, bring them a cup of water for them to drink and remember these these companions are they are after having fought a defensive battle they are you know um uh uh resting or you know or injured and when someone presents them with water they they would say go to my so and so brother or so and so companion uh he he uh needs it more than myself then they would go present water to them and then they would say the same thing go to so and so companion they they are more injured than i they need it more then it this, it would keep going and keep going and you see that you know that such brotherhood such love such uh such character uh you know when you're injured and you, you and you, and you obviously you, you you not just injured but on the brink of death exactly on the brink of death and even at that even at that moment you are uh you know looking after or considering what your brother in humanity uh needs i mean such a character is it's so beautiful mm. that uh you know when one reads about this uh you know when one ponders about, one ponders over this it uh, you know we just we hope you know to see such uh, you know um you know character in this in this day and age as well and that's why you know we uh, his holiness hazrat mr masur ahmed he has in his friday sermons he has been you know narrating the stories of these companions and you know he has been telling us about these companions and the more we learn about these companions and and the holy prophet may the peace and blessings of allah be upon him um and may allah be pleased with the all the all of these companions we see that they indeed 
set a very high moral standard for us and you know this is something that Allah Almighty uh, is pleased with and we know that this is something Allah Almighty is pleased with because he mentions it in the Holy Quran as well so as Muslims when we try to uh, you know seek Allah, Allah Almighty's pleasure we should remember that he was pleased with his his messenger he was pleased with his companions and uh, with logically we can know that if we try to uh, uh, you know inculcate all of these good morals that the companions had and the holy prophet uh, taught them then indeed we will be worthy of uh, seeking god's pleasure and uh, love as well definitely definitely i could, i couldn't agree more um, another incident that I'd like to share before going to the the eight, eight o'clock news as well um, is I believe it was maybe during uh, the caliphate of Hazrat Umar. Um, may Allah be pleased with him, but I I, I might be I could be mistaken. Um, uh, but uh, but in that time, um, there was an argument happening um, in uh, the in the bazaar in in the in the shops in 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 the area in which the shops were located, and uh, I mean. T- one would imagine that uh, one is haggling, trying to to buy something for a cheaper price, um, and uh, the, the 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 shop owner or or, um, or the seller, uh, the merchant is trying to sell it for a higher price, and and that is what would would be the norm, right? That that even today, and even and the reason why I'm talking about this is because the the world leaders, um, when whenever they're making deals or whenever they're they're doing anything, it's just about themselves, isn't it? It's about their own vested interests, um, and it's all about making their their own country flourish, um, rather than looking at what's better for for both countries together, uh, and coming to a sort of amicable um, uh, thing in which uh, both parties can uh, can flourish rather than just the one. Um, and, and and the incident uh, is uh, is basically that the argument was that the person who was selling um, the the item was trying to sell it for cheaper, mm-hmm. and uh, the person who was buying the item he said no you're selling it for way too cheap I want to pay more for this I mean <laughs> when when do we ever see such a moral character in which the the person who's buying an item is saying no 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 you're selling it for way too cheap i'm not going to buy it until you raise the price mm-hmm. and the person who's selling the item he's saying no i'm not going to sell it for that price i'm going to sell it for this price which 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 is much cheaper than uh, than the, than uh, what uh, was uh, the rate for that item um in that time and this is the character that we should have the moral character uh, in which we are not worrying or thinking only about about ourselves, but rather, like the example that I gave of what true justice is through the Islamic lens, we should all like like a like a mother nurtures a child and looks after her child, and looks at every need that the child might have, uh, without the child even sort of asking for it. Right? Um, I mean, so many times the mother uh, and mothers, uh, parents uh, in, uh, in uh, as a whole. Um, just get things for for their children without the children having to 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 ask for it because they know their needs. Similarly, the 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 world governments and and the leaders in society that we see today, and not just today, this this is applicable in every day and age. Um, but they are all uh, they they know what is needed 
and his holiness i mean he he goes through to to country and uh, and country to to world uh, to uh, leaders parliaments and all other places as well in which he addresses um uh, the 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 individuals and speaks to them and educates them on what needs to be done but unfortunately um we see that uh, and it's disappointing that these leaders or these uh, these people the, the the governments they do not take full heed of the things which his holiness the worldwide head of the ahmadiyya muslim community uh, may allah strengthen his hand and always be his helper has told them and it's they are very simple things i know they're difficult things for someone who is only interested in uh, in, in in only making their own pockets bigger um and 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 flourishing as an individual or as a country um but not looking at the bigger picture um it could be difficult for them and it, and it, it is difficult for them but when we think about the world uh, at large and we when we t- think about our next generation and when we think about all of these important and pressing matters then it's it's simple what needs to be done and that is to not look at yourself um and your own interests but rather look at what needs to be done for humanity what needs to be done globally to help mankind Indeed. and up until we come to this realization of what his holiness has taught us and educated us uh, on we will not ever find true justice and true peace and that is the the the, the sad fact and reality of things that we we need to listen to the words of the head of the ahmadiyya muslim community um hazim mirza masoor ahmad may allah strengthen his hand and take heed of all the advice that he gives us i mean he is in such a such a beautiful and easy to understand and eloquent manner he explains to us what needs to be done it's just a matter of time for us to understand and if we don't then we'll see the negative consequences on that but uh, more on that in a short while here's the atok news you are listening to the recording of a live show please do not call or text as this is a recording and lines are now closed Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. May the peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. Welcome back to the breakfast show here on the Voice of Islam radio station where we are discussing the solution to unrest in Palestine and Israel, establishing fairness and true justice. Um as we can see the in recent days numerous Israelis and Palestinians including women, children and the elder, elderly have tragically lost their lives or sustained injuries due to senseless violence and conflict and i'm sure many of our listeners would have seen um some maybe uh, disturbing pictures or videos of these things um through social media as well such actions directly contravene the teachings of the holy prophet of islam may the peace and blessings of allah be upon him who emphasized the prohibition of targeting or harming innocent civilians particularly women children and the elderly even during times of um of 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 war and other kind of problems as well furthermore islamic teachings condemn any attacks on religious leaders 
four places of worship. And His Holiness, the worldwide head of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, mentioned this in the last two Friday sermons as well, um, in which he said that uh, if, uh, I mean, we're, we're not calling this a war. This is obviously a conflict. But uh, uh, what's happening in uh, over there? But um, even in times of war, um, his uh, the Holy Prophet of Islam, may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, he had very strict rules, right, Lisa? And I mean, um, it's 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 it goes to show that the wars that he partook in and the wars that the Muslims fought, it wasn't to acquire land it wasn't to acquire the spoils of war uh, it wasn't to acquire um slaves or anything of that sort rather it was to defend themselves and defend faith and religion as a whole and it states in the holy quran as well that it, if it wasn't for you to fight these defensive wars, then these people would eradicate or try to eradicate the faith from 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 the face of the earth, right? So it wouldn't just be that uh, they 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 were trying to get rid of Islam uh, or the uh, the religion of the Muslims. Rather, they would they would uh, destroy the cloisters, the synagogues, the churches, and all other places of worship, which which in return would uh, sort of annihilate religion as a whole, right? And that is why it was essential for the Muslims to fight not for themselves or for their own benefit, but rather for religion and faith as a whole. Uh, Jalees, can you, for the benefit of our listeners, maybe explain some of those rules um, which uh, which the Holy Prophet of Islam, may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, would always um, address the, the Muslims before going out to war, that these are the things that you need to be extremely mindful of uh, before you go out and fight. Indeed, of course. Um, but just before I get into that, so I like the point that you mentioned that the Holy Quran where it says when the Muslims were told to you know, uh, f- fight back in their defensive uh, battles, they, um, you know, the Holy Quran very categorically states and it, 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 it mentions that, you know, if they had not, just as you mentioned, but it, what I wanted to highlight is that the Holy Quran mentions that they would have the the, the 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 opposition party would have destroyed places of worship and it even mentions the synagogues and the churches as well you know this is one thing i just wanted to highlight as well that it, you know other places of worship is also being mentioned in the holy quran and you know it's it, that's why we we know that islam is a religion of peace and promoting peace and looking after the well-being of everyone not just muslims but mm-hmm. people of all faiths um like you mentioned, the Holy Prophet, uh, may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, he did uh, tell his companions that when going out for defensive battle, then of course they should uh, consider, uh, very, there were various rules that they should consider. And, um, you know, these these rules, I you know, you will not find them anywhere else um, in this day and age. It's only, you know, it's only Islam which has uh, taught this. And the Holy Prophet had told his companions that, you know, do not cut down a tree right so when you're going off for battle do not make sure when you're in the in either uh, wherever you are you do not cut down a fruitful tree because of course people benefit from fruitful trees mm. he also said that do not harm that which uh, others 
you know, considered to be sacred. Mm. Again, you know, churches and uh, synagogues and other uh, houses of worship should be left unharmed. You know, this is what Islam teaches. It also He also said that, you know, create peace in the land and treat the people with love. Now, again, this is something when you're going out for battle, of course, it's because it's a defensive battle, you know, the, we see these rules, play, uh, we can see all of these rules being applicable. And this is something that all the companions and the Holy Prophet himself always followed as well. When you study the history of Islam, we see all of this, you know, taking place. He further said that do not kill women and children and, uh, and nor the elderly. Um, so again, you know, we see that, you know, the Holy, uh, the, the Holy Prophet has very beautifully explained that you know, only uh, fight those who are you know uh, oppressing you and fighting you, but do not do not kill their women, do not kill the children, and do not uh, kill the elderly as well. Um, furthermore, he 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 also said that you know do not uh, mutilate the enemy, uh, the, the, the 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 you know uh, the uh, do not mutilate the um, the enemy. And then the and then one more that comes to mind is that do not embezzle the wealth of spoils and do not deceive a people now you know all of these you know and there are plenty there are more rules but you know these 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 are things that that you know stand out and highlight the the ultimate goal of the holy prophet and islam was to create absolute justice and fairness and peace right for peace to prevail and all of these rules, we can see that they, they of course, have such profound wisdom that um, you know it's it's uh, it's 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 something that we do not see in this day and age. Mm. I mean, uh, uh, another rule um, that he mentioned was that even if there's like let's say there's a well um, in which uh, you can get water, then he said that do not uh, attack that as well. And Indeed. this is such a if you if you if you really think about it. Uh, and ponder over uh, what this actually means. I mean, if you're, you've you've gone out to war, um, you you don't have uh, access to water. Obviously, you you can't really keep it on you. Um, maybe a few vessels or so, but not enough to to feed the army, right? Uh, uh, or to quench the thirst of the army, I should say. And um, and if you were to strike that down, if you were to break it, then that is a huge advantage especially if the war is to go on for a couple of days. Um, then if they don't have access to water, then they'll be dehydrated. Obviously, they're, they're weak and fatigued, uh, tired and fatigued, sorry, from uh, battling um, the previous day, for instance, anyway. So if you were to attack that uh, or have access to that uh, and keep it for yourselves only, then that is a huge advantage um in in scheming right for 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 for, for war um I, but the holy prophet of islam may the peace and blessings of allah be upon him such a such a beautiful teaching in which he has said to the believers and he would always address the believers before going out to war that these are the things that you need to be mindful of um and he would explain to uh, to not do these things and that is such a beautiful teaching of his that we will never see any other person or any other um, government or world leaders or any of any body for that matter to, to say such a thing as well. Because it and and this explains to us beautifully and it illustrates this image of it being a defensive war. 
like we said earlier, it wasn't to to go out and and attain uh, the spoils of war. It wasn't to 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 capture slaves, or it wasn't to uh, to to gain more popularity or have more land in their possession. Of course not. Um, but like we said earlier as well, th- this is this is the teachings of war. But what we're what we're seeing today is a conflict, um, and that is what we are addressing. But we're just saying that even if it does extend to the matter of war, these are the things which Islam taught us, uh, and that is why it uh, it was uh, essential for us to touch on this as well. Um, we do have with us on the line our first guest for the show, a regular contributor to the Voice of Islam radio station, Imam Ibrahim Michael Noonan who is the uh, national vice president and national uh, imam missionary in charge of Ireland. He is the uh, imam of uh, Galway Mosque, Masjid Maryam. Uh, he graduated in both Christian and Islamic theology and philosophy. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome back. Peace be upon you. Good morning and welcome to The Breakfast Show. Thank you for for inviting me. You're very welcome and thank you for, for being with us. It's always a pleasure uh, to have you on and, and seek your, 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 your guidance for the benefit of our listeners as well. Um, we're speaking about uh, a very uh, important topic, uh, solution to unrest in Palestine and Israel, establishing fairness and true justice. The first thing that we wanted to understand, and we have t- talked about this um, as well, uh, but that was in the first hour. So, so for the benefit of uh, of those who are just tuning in, how do Islamic teachings on justice and fairness guide us in understanding and resolving the conflict? And how can these teachings be applied to ensure justice for both parties involved? Well, you know, uh, you've already pointed out some very important and beautiful teachings of, of Islam and of the, and, and the Sunnah and the practice of the Holy Prophet and and indeed he was the embodiment of what the Quran teaches and uh, if, if only Muslims first and foremost let's say let's begin there Muslims first and foremost would act upon all those teachings and 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 act upon true justice and true, uh, you know, equality, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, then I, I don't think we would find ourselves in in a, perhaps in a position we're seeing in Palestine right now. Now that's from the, the Islamic perspective. I mean, one of my favorite, and I've always said this for many many years. One of my favorite verses of, I mean, there's many many verses of Quran are my mm. favorite. But what I mean is. There is there is one or two verses of the Quran which are stands out yeah. in showing both both Muslims and both non-Muslims what Islam teaches regarding uh, the question you asked, and that is, for example, in chapter chapter three, where Almighty Allah tells um, first mankind, first non-Muslims, yeah. where He says, "And let there, let there be always among you a body of men." Who should invite to goodness, and engine equity, mm-hmm. and forbid evil, and it is they shall, it is they who shall prosper. That is so beautifully clear yeah. that if humanity were to act upon goodness and justice and forbid evil, they will prosper. Now, from a circular point of view, if you because you have to look at it from a circular point of view as well, because we have the political organisations, we have these established 
Western organizations of how meant to act upon the the moral, ethical uh, justices for social society. For that, that's national and internationally, like the United Nations, like the European Union, etc., etc., and maybe even the ICC. Mm. Right? They are also bound to morals and ethics and justice, etc. So, if you have the religious community acting upon, and when I say the religious community, I mean all religions, but in particularly the Abrahamic faiths, because that's what we're dealing with in the Palestinian and Israeli conflict, and particularly both the the certain Islamic ideology that's out there, which is not part of the teaching of Islam, as you've already pointed out, the teachings, there's no need for me to recover them, uh, to, to cover them again. If if they were to act upon all these things, then the 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 conflict that we're seeing in in between Israel and Palestine, perhaps, and I use the word perhaps, would have not come as come as far as where we are right now. Mm-hmm. If if Muslims, these people who call themselves Hamas or Hezbollah, etc., who, who who are, I mean, we have to accept that some of the things they're doing is un-Islamic. And it's nothing, nothing to do with the teachings of Islam, and that's creating unease. It's creating fear in the hearts of people around the world, and of the certainly of Israeli people. And we must condemn those acts of violence and terrorism, which have nothing to do with the teaching of Islam. But on the other side, we have to condemn so strongly the actions of um, what Israel is doing to innocent Palestinian civilians, children, women, men, etc. There's, there's no there's no justice in this. Hmm. So if we play our role, and I'm saying we play our role, and Muslims act upon justice and act upon righteousness, and do good, then the other side will see us doing this, and perhaps there'll be more tolerance. If Israel was to act upon its own teachings, we've got to remember one thing, and I'm, I'm sure you know this, that the Talmud mentions this in the Old Testament, hmm that the killing of one human being is like the killing of the whole of humanity. That's mentioned in the Talmud as well. And mm-hmm. the Quran actually reminds the Jewish faith and the Jewish people about this in the Quran by reminding them that you have to act upon your own teachings. Yeah. So, I mean, this is, this is for me, certainly, the both parties involving both Israel and the Palestinians. And when I say the Palestinians, I'm talking about the added version of that, which is Hamas, Hezbollah, etc., etc., if they were to act upon these things alone and really act upon their teachings, you know, we we would certainly see a more peaceful. Um, I believe we would see a more peaceful um, situation there. Most certainly, and and, and it, this makes it evidently clear. I think in which uh, you mentioned both parties involved, they have their own scripture. Their scripture teaches them the, the the importance and the sanctity of life, yet they are still committing these heinous crimes. And it just goes to show that they have their own agenda. This is not something which uh, scripture teaches them. Rather, this is something which uh, which they, they have their own vested interests, uh, and that is why they are doing it. And, and to claim that they are doing it in accordance with Scripture is, I mean, that's that's the worst part of it, I think. You know, I, 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 I was, I've been to Israel, Palestine many times, mm-hmm. and, and I, I once sat in a huge interfaith meeting 
in uh, in Jerusalem mm-hmm. where all the major faiths, there was no faith that wasn't there. Oh. And all the different fractions of the Islamic ideology, Christian ideology, and Jewish ideology. And I remember I stood up in that meeting. This is true, but I, I ended up sitting and standing in that meeting and actually in, in dismay stood up and said, some of the serious uh, senior rabbis, senior cardinals, archbishops, etc., um, and Islamic scholars, and said, if if only we we acted upon our teachings, and then we stood and not did not allow the political agenda to get in the way, Jerusalem would be a more peaceful place. Israel, Palestine would be a more peaceful place. Mm. But the, the problem with this is most of those religious people, with the exception, and I say this absolutely with, with belief in my heart, mm. with the exception of the Ahmadiyya movement in Islam, right? Mm. They were all, um, you know, they, they all had their own agendas. They, they didn't really want peace amongst themselves because they saw themselves as, you know, we're right, you're right, I'm right. The only one that was acting upon justice, in my opinion, was Hadr al-Khalifu al-Masih. Hmm. At that time, it was Hadr al-Khalifu al-Masih, Rabbi Allah, may Allah bless him. But today, as you see, Hadr al-Khalifu al-Masih the fifth, Hadr al-Masih Masul Ahmed, may Allah be his helper, hmm. is constantly and consistently working <coughs> hard, reminding all the political agendas, all the religious entities, you have to act upon justice. You have to act upon this, and this is the only way you're going to get peace. Yeah, yeah, no, no, definitely. And his example is one that we should all be following, whether it's through a personal capacity as an individual, or whether it's uh, a, a as a leader and, and 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 as an individual who has a following. Um, whoever um, listens um, to his words should take heed of the advice that he gives and uh, implement that in their own circle. That circle may be as small as just a, as a household or as a family member, or it might be as large as a whole country or a nation. Whatever that circle may be, we need to take heed of that advice. And only then, like you mentioned rightfully, only then will we find true peace and true justice. Um, when it comes to humanitarian and development assistance, what role does that play in, uh, in promoting justice and improving living conditions for, for uh, Palestinians and Israelis? Well, you know, um, both, again, as we're talking, this is unfortunately because of the conflict we're seeing unfolding. Mm. I mean, what does humanitarian mean? It, 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 it means simply to look out for uh, the basic needs of every human being um, to ensure, you know, they have the basic, basic rights, the basic facilities, that, you know, on both sides. And you know, promote promoting compassion, uh, promoting um, um, you know, compassion is the right word. Promoting compassion and harmony between um, each other as an individual, as a community, nationally, internationally. I mean, for me, um, that is what is needed. For example, let, let's say hypothetically, which could, which would be beautiful to see. Hmm. Right now, we're seeing the situation. Uh, what's going on in Palestine and the devastating images that we're watching mm. 
if if Israel for some reason reached out and on on a basically humanitarian ground and said, look, okay, we recognise we can't go on and watch innocent babies and children being slaughtered. We we're we want to come in and set up um, help your hospitals, give you the medicines, give you all those basic things. That's that's a humanitarian act, and that would develop peace. That would that would, that would turn the Palestinian people around and say, wow, wow, they do care about us. And equally, equally, if Hezbollah, Hamas turn around and say, you know, we're going to stop, we're going to stop the violent side of things. We're, we're going to try and talk. That is humanitarian. That's how you develop. And that's how you assist each other in promoting justice. Hmm. And that's the only way. But, you know, for example, on, on the border between Egypt and, and, and is, uh, uh, in Gaza right now, you know, it, the situation there is even though they're trying to get humanitarian food, clothing, medicines, etc., they're not getting through. So a humanitarian act of Israel would be to stop for a few days and let people come in. That's what... Uh, will be will assist in in, in, in promoting peace that, and justice. That's 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 what's going to have to happen. Yeah. But one side has to do it, and unfortunately, um, Israel is not doing that. Mm. I mean, we we're seeing that uh, obviously both sides, both parties are, are not budging, um, and um, it's it's just it's it's difficult. I I understand. But when we when we have the the beautiful teachings of Islam in front of us, and uh, we can see what it teaches us um, in in all aspects of life, that is what we need to follow. And when we follow that, then we will see that the humanitarian acts, as well uh, as uh, development assistance and other uh, issues and other problems that we're seeing, all of these will um, be be eradicated, and everything will become better as well it's just a matter of taking heed of the advice which uh, which these this uh, this uh, this religion which promotes peace and the word itself islam means peace as well um what it teaches us when we when we act upon the, its teachings that's when we'll be able to see a positive outcome yeah as well. I, yeah i agree and I, and i and i think just to add if you may uh, yeah. you know the holy prophet peace be upon him um, I had a conversation, as you can imagine, many conversations are going on right now. Mm-hmm. But I have a conversation with some some other Muslim communities who are quite more aggressive towards what's going on, and not really happy that I was taking a, a you know, a, a position of both sides are wrong, mm-hmm. and um, you know that you can't justify Hamas what Hamas done. And I gave them the example that basically they were leaning towards, but they're Jews, right? And I said, look. The Holy Prophet, peace be him, once was, we saw once there was a funeral passing him, and mm-hmm. he stood up, and the companion said, O Messenger of Allah, do you not know this is a Jewish person? Do you not know who this person is? He said, yes. Is he not created by God? Yeah. Is he not, has that decency of ethical behavior towards him? So we must respect them, basically what he was teaching us. Yeah. And, and so much other things he has done, uh, you know, regarding the Jewish people of his time, where he had dialogue with them, where he had spoke with them, where he, where he, for example, when when one Jewish man complained to the Prophet that your uh, followers are abusing our Prophet, which is Hazrat Musa, the Prophet rebuked the Muslims for doing that. Yeah, don't hurt the feelings of other people. This is such a beautiful teaching, 
and yet, unfortunately, if, if, if certain Muslims in, in certain countries and in certainly what's going on out there held on to these practices, um, I think you will find a complete different situation there. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely, most certainly. Um, Imam uh, Ibrahim uh, Noonan, in Islam, what is the significance of Al-Quds and how can its status be addressed in, in, in a manner that respects the rights and beliefs of both parties? Well, you know, and I know, and the, certainly the Islamic world knows, mm-hmm. um, Al-Quds is, is the third most holiest place for Muslims. It's, it's, it's so sacred mm-hmm. and so, so beloved of Muslims. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's very difficult to imagine um, not being able to see it, not being able to be there and, and worship there, etc. Um, uh, for many reasons. One, one because of the, the beautiful mirage of the Holy Prophet, mm. which was a spiritual experience, of course, where he prayed there. Yeah. Um, secondly, I've been there. Um, I've been out there a few times, as I already mentioned. Yeah. I've, I, I've I've actually, <laughs> I've actually led the prayers there. Oh, my right. Um, that's a long story. I'll tell you another time <laughs> how that happened. But um, um, it's it's the fact that you can see many prophets came from that area, all God fearing prophets. Many companions of the Holy Prophet, Sisi Pundam, are, are buried there and de- near there, around there. Mm. It was it was a sacred place for the Prophet David, the Prophet Solomon. So you can uh, we can appreciate the the, the Jewish people's um, sentiments towards it, and of course, has Jesus preached on and walked in those areas as well. So obviously, Christians have that um, love for that area as well. For me. I have to say, and it's been, it's been on my mind for many years, um, when I when I was there, that how why can't we just why can't both the Muslims first of all first of all the Muslims have to accept the sentiments of of the Jewish people of the Christian people how they also see that place as a holy place, and what harm is there in them walking around praying, you know, uh, praying in their own way. <coughs> Remembering their own prophets, etc., as well as we do. That's that's my opinion. Mm. That if we could manage to do that, where where let's say the the, the Palestinian Muslims or the, the Israeli uh, Muslims were to say to let's say the Jewish communities, look, one day why don't you come here and sit here with your families and talk, and enjoy, and and you know eventually you will see them all sitting together, Muslims, Christians, and Jews, and that will be more peaceful atmosphere there you wouldn't see the troubles and then and then there wouldn't be so much enmity towards each other that that's how i see it yeah. um you know but equally the the jewish community and the christian community have to recognize that al-quds is something which is extremely sacred to muslims hmm. it's very sacred i mean only a muslim can understand how sacred it is in their hearts yeah. what it means to them I mean, for me, for example, just as an example, when I went to Aqsa Mosque, I, I became very emotional the first time I saw it. I started crying in the masjid because mm. of the significance of that Hazrat Umar was here, that yeah. he stood here, he prayed here. He was the closest to me at that time of getting to the Prophet before I did Hajj. So, I mean, if, we, if they can 
for us, that's what that, what it means to us. But we Muslims have to also recognize the rights of um, the Jewish people as well, and 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 indeed of the Christian people. Mm-hmm. Most certainly, most certainly, beautifully explained. Um, and lastly, um, how can uh, how do you think human rights uh, can be safeguarded? and respected for all individuals in the region, irrespective of uh, their backgrounds? It's very simple for me, at least. Uh, maybe I'm naive, but for me it's very, very simple. Um, as I already mentioned uh, earlier on, if we want to get an environment of uh, peace between all parties. Um, the international institutes like the United Nations, maybe the European Union, all the governments of the world have to act upon international law mm. because this is not being, this is not happening, right? Yeah. And it's sad to say this, but it's not happening. And you know, Hamid Khalifa from the fifth, has openly and clearly pointed out to these various organisations that they are themselves not acting upon justice. The very thing they're meant to be doing. I mean, um, for, as an example, um, if if a crime is committed in, by an international, um, uh, you know, country, then that's where the human rights, uh, that's where the international law comes into force, and therefore the United Nations should have been long time ago putting its foot down with Israel and acting upon it and showing and saying to mm-hmm. them, "Look, I'm sorry." But you've broken the law, and you're going to have to deal with that by a sanction. On the other side, the same with the, the Palestinian Authority. They have to act upon justice as well and not break any international laws as well. And they have, to, and if they do, they have to be held accountable. Hmm. That's what needs to be done, to, because then everyone will see justice acted upon. And then everyone will, will somehow be um, on the same or on the same the same understanding and there's justice being carried out that's the only way we can safeguard the rights of all individuals in that area mm. it, it's just, it, for me it's just, it, that's how I see it yeah, yeah. Um, you know it has to be regardless mm. regardless whether you don't like a Jewish person or not or you don't like a Palestinian you don't like a Christian person that's irrelevant international law has to come into play now look I don't want to this in just on my head, but my own country, Ireland, Northern Ireland and Ireland, we had our own problems for years with, with unnecessary terrorist activities, um, the, you know, the, 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 the problems in Northern Ireland, which was creating all sorts of empathy between people. But we managed somehow to come through through dialogue. And, and the international bodies at that time helped with this. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Ireland, Northern Ireland, the United Kingdom acted upon international law. And that's why you have peace there right now, thankfully. Yeah. Right? Mm. So that's what has to be, that's what has to happen. The, the, the human rights organizations have to do justice. They're not doing justice. Mm. Well, they're, they're certainly not doing it. And, and the European Union, I'm afraid to say, are also not doing justice. They're just sitting there instead of putting their foot down on, on both sides, not just the Israeli side, the Palestinian side as well. But they have to be seen to, to, do, be, to, to, to treat both sides equally. Yeah. But that's not all. Until you 
that how can we safeguard the the, the rights of all the individuals both in Israel and both in, in the Palestine Palestine area. Yeah, yeah, no, no, certainly. That, I mean, that that is the problem that we're seeing today, and not just in this conflict, but uh, anywhere. Um, these are the kind of uh, results that we need to see from um, the world organizations to, to, to step in international law um, and uh, to get involved in the matters as well. Uh, Jazakallah, thank you uh, for, for, for being with us. Always a pleasure to have you on and, and get your insight um, into the topics uh, that, we, we, that we address. So, uh, like I said, Jazakallah, and we hope you have a wonderful week ahead as well. Thank, thank you, and, and both of yourselves as well, Jazakallah. Keep me in your prayers as well. Likewise, likewise. Okay, alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa rahmatullahi That was uh, Imam Ibrahim Michael Noonan, who is the National Vice President, uh, National Imam and Missionary in Charge of Ireland. He's the Imam of Galway Mosque, Muslim Maryam. And he has graduated in both uh, Christian and Islamic uh, theology and uh, philosophy. So it's always a uh, an honor um, to have him on and address uh, things from both religions or even other religions as well uh, in which he can address uh, the matters and talk about what Islam, uh, Judaism, Christianity uh, and other religions teach in regards to those topics as well. Indeed, indeed. <coughs> uh, I mean, we've, we've spoken um, about His Holiness Hazim Zamsur Ahmad and his, uh, you know, his message that he had given to the Ahmadiyya Muslim community um, in both his Friday sermons and uh, um, there is also oh, I, I believe um, Sab, I believe we also have a, a, a audio clip um, of, a, of uh, His Holiness uh, where someone had asked him just very recently in the, in the weekend uh, someone had asked him that what would be the effect on the world due to the <coughs> Palestine-Israel conflict I believe we have a uh, audio clip and, uh, and I believe we, uh, we can play this for our listeners to listen to My name is Ataul Haq and my question is the situation between Israel and Palestine is very bad these days. What will be the effects on the world? I have already spoken in my Friday sermon on this issue. The effect on the world is quite clear that these people are uh, trying to not only to harm themselves, but they are trying to doom the world. The world is going towards its destruction. And uh, as I have already said, it is not going to stop here. It will escalate and more nations will be involved in it and quite possible that nuclear arsenal is also used in this war. So we should pray to save the world from the destruction and we should pray that Allah Ta'ala give them wisdom and Allah Ta'ala give the capability and wisdom to the big powers to use Justice. That was His Holiness Hazrat Mirza Masroor Ahmed answering a question about uh, what would be the effect on the world due to the Palestine-Israel conflict. And when we do look at the conflict uh, between uh, Israel and Hamas, we see that the Israeli-Palestinian conflict started in the 19th century. So in uh, 1947, the UN adopted Resolution 181, uh, dividing Palestine into Arab and Jewish uh, states. The creation of Israel in 1948 led to the first Arab-Israeli conflict. 
and uh, displacement of Palestinians. Right, tensions continued, uh, leading to subsequent conflicts and uh, territorial challenge uh, t- um, changes. And then um, the same year, on May 14, 1948, the State of Israel was created. Um, you know, the, 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 t- the tension and the conflict ended in uh, 1949 with Israel's victory. But 750,000 Palestinians were displaced and the territory was divided into three parts, being the State of Israel, the West Bank of the Jordan River and the Gaza Strip. These conflicts, um, when we when we look at history, we see that these conflicts have been taking place in the past few decades between the two sides. Uh, the conflict between Israel and Hamas took place um, between from tenth uh, to twenty first May on twenty twenty one. It began with tensions escalating Jerusalem, particularly around the Al Aqsa Mosque, leading to protests and clashes between Palestinians and Israeli security forces. You know, a group of uh, a group called Hamas from from uh, Palestine's a group called Hamas from Palestine rockets towards to uh, cities in Israel. In response, Israel bombed the Gaza Strip, where Hamas is uh, located. You know, and and many people were injured, and there was a lot of dis- destruction. Um, civilians, you know, were especially affected. Uh, expected uh, were affected by this um, as well, uh, and then international efforts were made to pause the fighting, which was eventually reached on May twenty first, um, ending the immediate hostilities. Uh, but there were still, you know, unresolved problems and tensions between them, making it difficult, you know, for a um, making it difficult to find a long uh, term solution. And then uh, when we move on, we see that we see that you know uh, when we see how uh, Islam uh, teaches uh, what what Islam. I mean, we we've already mentioned. Oh no! Before that, we, there is one one more matter that we we should discuss. That you know, recently, uh, then in October, of course, uh, twenty twenty this year, seventh uh, October, a, a conflict broke out between Israel and Hamas. You know, Hamas launched uh, rocket attacks into Israel and carried out attacks in uh, southern Israeli cities and towns. And, you know, Israel responded with a strong military operation. And the conflict has resulted on ongoing rocket fire and uh, exchanges. So we see that, you know, the the, the history uh, it is not something that just, uh, you know, uh, uh, happened, uh, you know, 2023. There is a long history, and it's important to understand the background um, of this as well. Yeah, m- most most certainly, and um, w- we can see that uh, when we when we look at who's uh, suffering the most as a result uh, of this conflict. Uh, well, uh, we, a, a brief analysis of the damage would be that the Israel uh, Israeli military said more than 1,400 people were killed, more than 2,500 were injured, 199 soldiers and civilians, including women and children, are held by uh, in Gaza as hostages, and at least 27 Americans were among the dead in the Hamas attack and ongoing rocket fire. Um, as of October 23rd, um, uh, more than 5,000 Palestinians have been killed in Gaza. According to the United Nations, women and children have made up more than 62% of the fatalities in Gaza. 
while more than 15,273 people have been injured. The human loss of uh, loss uh, on both sides is uh, heart-wrenching as innocent civilians are perishing from the attacks on both sides and the infrastructure damage in Gaza um, which has a population of 2.3 million uh, since October the 7th uh, is 47th um, uh, 47% of the population is children 1.7 million live in uh, refugee camps more than uh, 16,000 residential buildings damaged and 15,000 plus destroyed uh, 26 educational buildings damaged last week on Tuesday we saw f- at least 470 people die after the Al-Ahli uh, Arab uh, Hospital <clears throat> sorry, was uh, bombed in Gaza. 35 of uh, UN staff members have also died in the conflict confirmed by UN Agency for Palestine refugees and several journalists have also died as well. The destruction within a few weeks is unimaginable and would lead to thousands um, being homeless, orphaned and the future of this 47% of the population destroyed. Um, As more stories are unfolding, the people of Gaza are being deprived of clean water, electricity and food. The defiance of basic human needs is not acceptable and should not happen. The loss of innocent lives on both sides should be stopped by peaceful talks and the aid to rebuild needs to reach the civilians uninterrupted. And these facts are just a glimpse of how destructive this conflict is becoming and calls for a dire need of ceasefire. According to the UN, seeking safety from war and conflict is a human right and no one should be pushed back into danger uh this is i mean it, it, it just paints a picture of uh, how gruesome it is over there and uh, the damage which has been done over there as well and i'm sure uh like i said earlier so many of uh, us have seen the images and the videos um of the destruction over there um and this is it just puts into perspective how bad it uh, it really is as well and and it would be interesting as well to know your thoughts um on the matter so if there is anything that you would like to share anything that you would like to say then by all means you can tweet us or leave your comments on our instagram page um at uh, voice of islam uk or you can pick up the phone and give us a call as well at 0208687 you know, the the one thing that you know can solve uh, this is that peaceful talks is something that needs to be uh, done in this day and age, and we see it's it's quite uh, sad um, and uh, ironic as well that in this day and age with uh, with technology and and being able to keep in touch with anyone around the world, we see that uh, you know the the more that the more accessibility we have with people throughout the world the less there is actual talking going on i mean um you know talking to someone in another country would not have been possible uh you know 
500 years ago or even even maybe 200 years ago but i mean in this day and age where you know we can talk to anyone we can uh, we we see communication is fast news in in fact you know it's it's always updated and uh, it's something it's quite sad that we we have everything around us anything that we would basically need to promote peace and and act justly and even then uh, it's uh, unfortunate that the world is in a uh, very uh, sorry state and again as muslims like we said in the beginning you know the the answer um, as muslims that would we say is that of course the teachings of islam and the teachings of the holy prophet may the peace and blessings of allah be upon him is something that needs to be highlighted uh even more um so than um t- uh, than today um you know it, it's in islam's teaching peaceful teachings are in dire need um today mm. we'll we'll be speaking a little bit more um we are coming towards the end of the show but we'll be speaking a little bit more about what islam teaches us uh, in this regard uh, but before we do so, we do have uh, an audio clip as well of the statement of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community on the recent escalations in the Israeli and Palestinian conflict. So let's have a listen to that first. Over the past few days, hundreds of Israelis and Palestinians, including women, children and the elderly, have been killed or injured as a result of senseless violence and bloodshed. The killing or harming of innocent civilians is a direct violation of the teachings of the Holy Prophet of Islam, peace and blessings be upon him, who taught that even in a state of warfare, no woman, child or elder should be targeted or harmed in any way, nor should any religious leader or place of worship be attacked. We pray and urge for an immediate end to hostilities and for peace to prevail so that no more lives are lost. For that, It is necessary that the channels of communication between relevant parties and nations remain open. Until a ceasefire occurs, any military action taken must ensure that civilians do not come to any harm. Furthermore, Muslim countries within the region should unite in an effort to establish peace and to ensure that the rights of those innocent Palestinian people who have no link with extremists are protected. We urge the United States and other influential nations to abstain from any actions or statements that may further inflame the volatile situation. Instead, alongside the relevant international organizations, they should make every possible effort to urgently de-escalate the conflict and secure peace as soon as possible. Justice and equity are of paramount importance in achieving lasting and sustainable peace. Thus, all the major powers must focus on establishing long-term and sustainable peace based upon the principles of fairness and true justice. That was a statement of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community on recent escalations in the Israeli and Palestinian conflict. Uh, when we do look at the history of Islam, when we look at Islam, the teachings of Islam and the Holy Prophet, may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, we see that all we see, in fact, is you know ways to promote peace, and um, of course, as Islam literally means peace. We see that in the last sermon of the Holy Prophet of Islam, he's uh, in which he he ruled out all such lines of uh, where he basically where he mentioned that the most honored among you in the sight of God is he who is most righteous among you. So again, he's emphasizing, the Holy Prophet is emphasizing being righteous. 
he says that even on this month, uh, even as this month is sacred, uh, this land is inviolate and on this ho- day holy, so has God made the lives, property and honor of every man sacred. Again, he has emphasized the uh, the, the, the lives of, of, uh, of uh, mankind as well. And, and, and the Holy Prophet further went on to say that what I command you today is not meant only for today. It is meant for all time. You know, and he says that you are expected to remember it and act upon it until you leave this world and go to the next to meet your maker. What I have said to you, you should communicate to the ends of the earth. Maybe those who have not heard me may benefit from it more than those who have heard. And again, he's highlighted the the uh, the, 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 the uh, importance of upholding righteousness and the lives of uh, mankind. And we see just one one last point that I, I'd like to mention is that, of course, we mentioned that uh, you know the, the battles in Islam were all of defensive, and um, uh, you know there's a there's a narration where Abu Aziz bin Umar, who was uh, one of the seventy captives of the Battle of Badr, um, you know these are I'm about to read his own words we're describing his treatment in Muslim custody. He says that due to the orders of the Holy Prophet, the Ansar, who were basically the Muslims native to Medina, would give me baked bread, but they themselves would eat dates, etc. You know, many a time it would so happen that even if they managed to get a small piece of bread, they would give it to me and would not eat it themselves. If I would ever return it to them in embarrassment, they would insist that I have it. Now, these are the teachings of Islam, and this is, this is, the, this is a, the words of a captive during the Battle of uh, Badr. Mm. Uh, just coming towards the end, I'd like to finish uh, the the show with a statement of the, His Holiness, may Allah, the Almighty strengthen his hand, in which he said that may the P- Palestinian people find leaders who can guide them in the right way. Certainly, Muslim countries should come together and play their role to protect the Palestinians and other Muslims who are being oppressed in the world. However, the Muslim world is divided and there is a complete lack of unity amongst the Muslim nations. Certainly in this stance, instance, the Muslim countries have failed to show the reaction um, they ought to have. They have given weak statements, whereas if they had all come together and given a unified uni- uh, united statement, it would have had far greater impact and carried much more weight. Um, and with that, we have come to an end for today's show. Um, I'd like to end uh, and conclude by praying what uh, His Holiness uh, inc- uh, concluded his Friday sermon with uh, this previous uh, Friday, in which he said, uh, and he was um, uh, again giving um, a- a- an appeal for prayer in light of the war in Palestine uh, and and the the crisis in Palestine and Israel, and he ended by saying that we must also fervently pray, may Allah end this war and protect the innocent oppressed Palestinians so that they are not subjected to further injustices and may Allah end all injustice in the world wherever it is may Allah enable us to pray thank you and here is the nine o'clock news